time for some overlooked stocks. George Tillis has been digging through the market moves today to find some that you missed. Uh, George, let's go to one that uh, is in the energy category, range resources. I think many people will be familiar with this stock, but uh, a little bit overlooked, not exactly one of the giants. And what do you see for this, George? Well, I see a stock, OJ, that's up uh, about 170% on a year-to-day basis. Some of the things uh, a lot of folks focus on is crude oil, and we have to keep consider the international the geopolitical elements behind crude oil, but natural gas. Natural gas has been on a tear uh, over the last year, especially over the last few months, and a lot of these natural gas companies, like Range Resources, which is uh, focused primarily in the Marcellus Shell area, which is in the Pennsylvania, uh, Pittsburgh region, Got a lot of assets. It's a dominant player in that particular space. And uh, with that huge acreage, there's a lot of uh, a price mobility if underlying commodity prices start ramping to the upside. Now, today, the stock was higher because gas prices were higher and a lot of the energy stocks were higher. Even crude oil was higher today. But JP Morgan upgrades the stock and they've got a $20 price target relative to their previous target of about 15. And, and if, I, if you look at the company, Overall, historically speaking, one of the interesting things I found is is that they have been sort of in a position to increase efficiency, like, for instance, uh, self-sourcing a lot of the fracking sands, recycling water, uh, but also increasing the amount of drilling depth on a per-day basis. And this has happened over the last three years, uh, and it's been about three years since they were cash flow free cash flow positive uh, until this year. So we've got a, a couple catalysts not necessarily just the natural gas prices, but we have an improvement in the company fundamentals. And I think those are two, one of the primary reasons, or two of the primary reason catalysts for such a nice move to the upside in the stock. All right, and now, uh, George, the profitability point, uh, is that a permanent threshold that they've crossed? Well, I think it comes down to free cash flow. Free cash flow first, then profitability second. And this is the challenge, even though they've got about 78% revenue growth year over year based on last quarter's numbers, that's really good. They still have a profitability profile problem, but it's improving because if you look at the free cash flow last quarter, it was around 66 or so million dollars. Now they guided, and I went back and looked at the annual free cash flow charts, and like I said, 2021 is the first free cash flow positive year in estimate now, expectations since uh, late 2017. So they're expecting quite a bit of that. Now, with that said, that does improve the profitability uh, or closer to profitability profile for the company. And they're actually expecting 200 million in free cash flow for all of 2021. So I think it's except, ex- expected to accelerate as we move into Q3 and Q4 numbers, but also going into 2022, they're, they're expecting free cash will be about 370 million. So that's a key ingredient for a, a company stock price, OJ. It really comes down to uh, liquidity, especially on a quarterly basis, which again, free cash flow is a, is a very interesting, not interesting, but a very important measure. And that translates into a profitability. The other thing is, is I did notice uh, that the company itself uh, through its uh, its spend or capital spend in the last three years uh, has been paying down debt. This is also a very important. And at the same time, they declared that they were under budget by about $168 million in the last three years. So they're coming under budget on, on, on CapEx. They're paying down debt, which is still a little bit of a challenge. They've got about, about 190% debt 
to equity or about $1.9 in debt for every dollar of equity. But that has certainly come down from levels that were over three to four uh, uh, dollars of debt for every dollar of equity in the last a few years or so. So the balance sheet is improving, free cash flow is improving, underlying prices of natural yeah. gas are improving. Uh, and you have to think about the secular tailwinds as well, uh, moving away from coal. We know that electricity is, of course, becoming more important in the uh, automobile space for electric vehicles. And uh, I think maybe some of the new regulations uh, under the Biden administration have proved very positive to keep supplies of natural gas tight, but prices higher. Interesting. So it sounds like there's a lot going for uh, range resources right now. This is also a company yeah, that- it's been a strong trend. Yeah. Uh, big, big move, uh, 20 bucks highest it's been uh, in uh, multiple years. Uh, Got to go back to 2017. Uh, in my own research, uh, this is a company that showed up on a screen I did about eight months ago or so, looking at businesses and their beta, their uh, sensitivity towards reopening. And Range Resources always shows up very high on that list. Uh, but this time around, it really stands out uh, more so than anything else connected to cyclicality, reopening, whatever you want to call it. So the company fundamentals apparently playing a really big role, uh, role here that you've outlined, getting away from some of the macro drag that has still held back some of these cyclical themes. Really like that uh, report, George. Let's keep it going. Another one maybe in the cyclical category, Night Swift Transportation, KNX, pretty steady grind to the upside for this uh, industrial company. Yeah, really nice grind. On a year-to-date basis, it's up about 32%. Uh, it's uh, one of the largest trucking companies in the United States, but it's not just trucking. Trucking is very important for the business overall with about 80% of its revenue. Uh, it also has a logistics and intermodal business, and uh, it is one of the uh, largest players, but it's also one of the most profitable players uh, in terms of how it participates relative to its respective peers. Companies like Ryder or J.B. Hunt would be other companies that are competitors uh, today. I mean, the stock is uh, continuing to nicely trend to the upside. Cowan actually upgraded the stock to about $62. Uh, and again, I think they see some improving fundamentals, great balance sheet for the business. Uh, but also, if you look at the, uh, the trucking business, it's really difficult. The reason being is it's so heavily influenced by operating costs, uh, things like, of course, changes in fuel, taxes, and driver shortages. Uh, again, these are some of the challenging operating metrics that trucking companies have to deal with. Now, I went and looked at uh, Knight's uh, segment breakdown. The, the largest segment is trucking. They, they posted about a 12% increase in that highly concentrated segment, uh, which is 82% or so of their revenue. But I, ironically, or, or interesting enough, in their logistics business, which is about 10% of the business, they posted a 138% increase year over year in terms of sales growth in that division. And their inter intermodal business, which is their, uh, their third uh, uh, largest segment, they actually showed about 50% increase in, uh, in revenue year over year. So what's happening here for the company is total revenues are up 24% year over year, uh, and that's a pretty significant increase for the trucking business. Uh, overall, if you just look at it from a valuation standpoint, I mean, very strong balance sheet. It's got about $825 million in debt, 200 million in cash, but if you compare that to over about $7.5 billion in equity, it's very well financed, very well capitalized with a, a P.E. ratio of only about 11 and a half, hmm. which is actually uh, uh, pretty, pretty low relative to the industry group, which is around 19. So I think this is a company that is reflective of uh, improving 
Earnings profile, like I said, I may have said PE, but I meant the forward PE of about 11, trailing PE of 16. It's got an improving earnings profile, and I think this is what Cowan sees with their with their upgrade. And if you actually look at it relative to its peers, for instance, like J.B. Hunt or Ryder, you can see the price does reflect that as well because it's been outperforming those two respective peers. All right, nice. Uh, like the context in the comparison to competition and then uh, comparison to itself in the industry as far as the uh, valuation goes, uh, still looking you know, in a market that's very expensive across even some of these industrial categories now too. Uh, to find something 11 times trailing, that's basically hated in this market, but it sounds like there's some reasons not to hate it. George, your last one, uh, you got about uh, uh, two minutes here, George, and Daptis Therapeutics, a big move here up 52%. Uh, don't think we've talked about this one before here. Uh, just a really crazy move. INDP is the ticker. What happened? Yeah, so we see some crazy moves in the stocks, OJ, but in Daptis, I'll explain why in this case, why it went up about 300% at one point today from <laughs> 7 to $28. And then back down to 10 But Yeah, exactly. And there's a reason for that as well. But it did receive, a, it is a, is a biotech company uh, that, in, that uses effectively uh, uh, therapies to influence the uh, the immune system to fight off bacteria. So it's basically uh, types of treatments that, of course, help deal with uh, illnesses uh, like uh, like infections in conjunction with chemotherapy or traditional cancer treatments, which again compromise the immune system and make the body susceptible to illness. So they did receive uh, an allowance for a patent related to the treatment now for uh, for hepatitis B as well as HIV infections. So that's a, a catalyst, but the company has very limited data. I, I will I will say that honestly. But what we actually saw today is effectively a, a catalyst uh, for the price uh, or the stock. The market cap uh, today's high was about 60 million at the close, around 45 million. But the share float is very small, around five and a half million. So you've got basically a company that generates about two and a half dollars in revenue for every share with a low share count and a low market cap, and you have a catalyst here, uh, again, very, very easy to push this stock to the upside. So, you know, uh, I can't say it's, it's a good idea to speculate, but this was one to speculate on earlier in the day, especially as it, uh, as it closes above first, this is the first five minute candle, and it just took off because of the fact it's easily pushed around based upon that small market cap. But I do suggest caution because with the limited information on this company, uh, like I said, they're generating about two and a half uh, million, um, two and a half dollars for every dollar uh, uh, for every share, but they're losing on a share basis about four dollars and eighty nine cents. So there is a little bit of a caution you got to keep in mind in the stock. But that catalyst today, along with the low float, extreme volume, I think it was around one hundred and seventy million shares traded relative to less than a million shares on average traded, propelled it to about uh, twenty eight dollars early in the session, but it did close quite a bit lower and close to uh, the close of yesterday, which was around $7.